to the Mo Video Games Top 50 Podcast, where we slowly explore our gaming history and start to narrow down our top 50 lists as we approach the number one overall gaming champion. Today's episode has a Call of Duty double feature. Will either of them survive? Will neither of them survive? Only you can find out in today's podcast. We hope you enjoy. So, so this week, for Maxwell, discussing Call of Duty, I'm Maxwell, by the way. <laughs> for those of you who are new, my name's Maxwell. My name's Oliver. And welcome to Mo Video Games. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> <laughs> so, so this week, uh, discussing Call of Duty Black Ops 2 and Firewatch. I'm 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 particularly excited for this week. Um, in doing the research beforehand, I took I think the most notes I've taken of any game for both games, which I was not expecting. Um, and I I think the result of what I choose may surprise you. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what, what 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 would surprise me in this decision. I I actually don't know. Yeah, we'll we'll find out. We'll see if you are surprised. So. We'll start with Call of Duty, uh, Black Ops 2. So it was developed by Treyarch, um, published by Activision, um, and released back in November of 2012. So it was the ninth game um, in the Call of Duty series. Um, and kind of, it, it it's a sequel to the original Call of Duty Black Ops. And the, the unique thing that they kind of did with the game is kind of created, they tried to make it non-linear. The... the Articles you read state nonlinear gameplay, and everyone's definition of that is very different. But I think the basic requirement for it is there's at least multiple ways to complete a level um, that it's not forcing you down a single path of gameplay. And as a result of the nonlinear gameplay, there's also multiple endings to the story, um, which is pretty cool. So the, the basic idea behind the story so it follows up um the same characters from black ops one um you're switching between it so it takes place in actually two different time periods so the 1980s so the the cold war that we all know it that happened in history and love <laughs> definitely not love um and then it so in the future um time is in 2025 and it there's a second cold war um, with kind of the same actors that occurred back in the 1980s. And the, the character you play as in modern day is the, I believe, the son, um, David, of um, Alex Mason, one of the uh, characters from the original Black Ops, that you still play as in the 1980s sequences. So it's kind of a back and forth. You learn some of the history of what's going on in the past and how this new but not new antagonist has kind of risen to power and created this... Um, new cold war um so it, it's pretty cool that uh, it outlines like five or six um different endings you can see there's one canonical ending um that is what black ops 3 uses as the ending for how they continue the story in black ops 3 um but yeah multiple endings um pretty cool um trying to think what else so in as far as um the multiplayer section of the game um, they, they added a couple new things. So they, they created this pick 10 mechanic, um, which essentially 
before you would have a certain number of like perks and weapon attachments and stuff that you could have but they changed it to this pick 10 so each thing you choose takes up a certain number of slots and you can assign them however you want there's no like dedicated slots for perks and attachments so if you just love attachments or love perks you can do different things that way and kind of really get a little more dialed into how you want to build your character um which i i thought was pretty cool um what else zombies that's pretty zombies cool a good one with the multiplayer the, mo- the multiplayer perks was really nice because it does get a little annoying there's times where uh, definitely playing some of the older titles you're like what if i don't want an attachment on my pistol you know i'd rather i'd rather get an, like a second perk a lot of the times especially a lot of times when i'm playing with friends like it's it's a lot of perk stacking and a lot less attachments on the guns because i think a lot of the perks are just more beneficial and easier to i mean you're not really playing around the perks they just help you play more lazily so <laughs> <laughs> like you know you can't be spotted by a uav or something like that so i, I definitely really like that that change in the like combat system where you're allocating resources because it, it did make it feel a lot more gave you a lot more freedom i've been playing modern warfare 3 a lot and it's definitely like you know you can you choose an attachment on the gun you choose a special way to modify the gun like if you want to reduce your kick or have a second attachment choose your camo on the gun and that's it like that's like that's what you do for each gun and then you have three perks so i definitely i like that a lot i do like in modern warfare 3 they have the you can upgrade your perks i don't remember for sure if hmm. you can upgrade the okay. and black ops 2 but they reward you for doing x amount of things with each perk each perk has its own like little quest and then once you play it enough just just rewarding players for wasting their life playing the game <laughs> non-stop <laughs> but i mean is fun little incentives like that i enjoy but yeah just want to say that about the multiplayer yeah no and i mean it i think some depending on who you are sometimes call of duty can get a lot of hate for being repetitive um, or kind of going through the same tropes. Um, but I, I think, one, a lot of credit has to be given to how tight their multiplayer is. Um, like, I know that there's plenty of games that do great jobs with the multiplayer. Like, League of Legends, I know, is a great example. Like, they're constantly... I mean, there's obviously a lot of pro esports that kind of depend on the balancing to be there. But the, there's a lot of different aspects. Like, obviously not as many as League of Legends, but you've got the different weapons, the different weapon types how the maps and are actually set up the different perks and how they balance against other ones where you try and make one not as powerful as the other and sometimes you end up with things like the noob tube in call of duty where it's just like that's just extraordinarily unbalanced you get the noob tube and you're just gonna you're gonna kill some people but yeah that we in modern warfare 3 i use the the sma which is just like a it's not actually an rpg but it's essentially just a like a grenade launcher or not a grenade launcher a rocket launcher and it's you just shoot at their feet and it's a one shot kill. It's just as annoying as the Doom Tube. Like I just run around in enclosed spaces if I'm really far behind because I'm like if I'm already losing, I might as well just keep bumping up the numbers. You know, <laughs> like if I die, at least I'm taking someone with me. So, yeah, the, the only thing that does kind of stink is I don't remember when guns are busted in Black Ops Two, but you know it's only one release, right? They're not going to be able to patch it. So if there is a busted gun, it is like known as the busted gun and will always be the busted gun. Where with modern esports titles, like you are constantly trying to figure out what is the equivalent busted gun for that esports title, right? Because they're constantly shifting. So it's and like, I, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to think if they were doing like regular over the air updates because nowadays, like, they can patch it like they would. Yeah, now game, they for but... sure can, but I don't think they did. On I, I think this is too early for over the air updates. Yeah, because this was the Xbox 360, yeah, um, PS3 gen. So it it at least wasn't extremely common if they did. 
Yeah, but I really, I don't remember at least for my Xbox 360 games getting any over-the-air updates because I don't, I didn't buy digital at the time, and so I don't remember ever having a cat connection to my router, modem, switch, combo, the great <laughs> ISP-provided devices. Yeah. Well, I mean, you were, you were playing online, so. Yeah. Or some kind of internet kind of. I guess. Maybe. I, did, they, did I use Wi-Fi? I have no idea. I don't remember. Either way, I still don't yeah. remember getting over there updates. That is for sure. I do not remember patching the game. Yeah, no, I'm with you on that. And that's kind of, it's interesting how just games in general have kind of shifted that mechanic where games being released now are not finished products. And yeah. They're like, they're An close. Ex- excuse to release an unfinished product is promising <laughs> over there updates. Um, yeah. Um, but so, so then go, kind of going back to the story, another cool thing about Call of Duty um at least I think is cool is they, they oftentimes get a lot of like a list or very high profile actors. So, so this particular story, um, has, uh, Michael Keaton and Michael Rooker, I believe his name is, um, two, two pretty prominent actors. Rooker being like from the walking dead. Um, he's Daryl's brother. Um, Oh, that guy. Yeah. Yeah. That doesn't help you guys, but it helps me. <laughs> <laughs> it might help you guys. I don't know. Um, I didn't know who it was until he said that guy. Michael Keaton at one point played Batman. So oh, that's what that. I know him for. Okay, I recognize the name, but I'm terrible with uh, terrible with actors. Yeah, he's in a lot of things. He did like Birdman and that McDonald's like biopic and um, a few other things. Great actor, um, super cool. Um, I'm saying I'm a lot today. <laughs> oh. Clipping that. <laughs> click, click. Um, zombies. Yeah, so yeah, going to zombies, zombies. And talking about zombies. So in, in particular, a, a lot of time for me spent in this game was with the transit level, um, which I thought was just super cool. So the idea behind it is there's, instead of kind of one location for zombies, um, there's like little satellite location so they're not all as big as one zombies map but there's like a power plant and a farm and a little town and there's a bus that drives between each of these locations um non-stop and what non-stop yeah so it's like you can get on the bus to move from one location or you can just stay at one location if you prefer and if you miss the bus the other thing that's cool about transit is it's co-op um so you can play locally with your friends or play online co-op and if your friends are getting on the bus and you miss the bus you are now alone yeah (laughs) and you have to wait sometimes you can run you can sprint on the roads between the town but they are covered in an extraordinarily dense fog and there are a lot of zombies here essentially in open waters yeah they they Um, want to make it hard for you to travel by foot but but it is possible and it's actually there's a easter egg i suppose you can call it um in between two of the places if you hop off of the bus um and walk through the corn you will actually find yeah. knock there on toten the first nazi zombies yeah um located in there which is pretty cool um it's it's not exactly like the original but it's it's effectively the same they i don't think they have the same like gun drops and everything that they did in the original I yeah i think you can fully build up the defenses like you did before but um fun little easter egg um but they they had a lot of buildable components so you could build a zombie shield um you actually had to like build and power the pack punch machines and all those different things find them unlock certain things so there's a lot of coordination you had to have a lot of game knowledge to kind of progress further you could upgrade the bus with like a plow out front you can put a ladder in it so i forgot that, you can get that. To the roof like yeah 
pre- pretty crazy stuff. That, that that was that was super cool. Um, and you said this one had Kino. This one also had Kino. So they did have single player maps. Um, zombies for people if you haven't played Call of Duty, zombies is just a wave survival mini game inside of it, right? So that's just level one. I think they put out six zombies. You kill them. Each zombie you get, you get. I think they only use money as their currency in the game, but you can use money to buy better weapons, better equipment, better perks in the game. Um, so yeah, just just in case you aren't familiar. But the bus, the bus was definitely it was fun. I remember playing. I played Black Ops One a lot, and Kino Der Toden was definitely like it's a like movie theater. I guess or yeah. an opera house. I don't really know. It's a acting place, a place of place of place of performance, <laughs> a theater, uh, <laughs> if you will. So that was definitely the map I played the most, and like you were kind of saying with the skill curve, I guess, or just learning curve of that game mode in general. I mean, I spent so much time playing that one map with my friends that seeing the bus and then trying to figure out now all the things you have to do to survive with the bus mechanic because like i've already gone through this learning curve once i do not need to go through this again (laughs) so i like the bus a lot i thought that was a very uh good element and also happy that they brought back i mean they do have like i said the i guess static maps if you want to or just one isolated map instead of having a bus interaction in black ops 2 allowing you to play that if you want so I didn't play the bus mode very much. It sounds like you played the bus mode a lot more than me. Yeah, almost exclusively as far as zombies are concerned. I, I played quite a bit of multiplayer um, as well. They There's like a, a burst fire pistol and I would play hardcore exclusively. So the yeah. burst fire pistol is in hardcore a one-shot kill essensially. Yeah, like the BR-23-9 something. I had something. I forget the exact yeah. acronym, <laughs> but yeah. Maybe that's a different game. No, it is. It's like B twenty three R or something like that. Yeah, yeah it's something. And the yeah. yeah, it's a, it's a fun pistol. And hardcore, hard. If you're playing hardcore, hardcore mode is just they have way less life. I assume. I don't think they're actually amplifying the damage of the bullets. They're just reducing the amount of health that you have. Yeah. So it's essentially one shot, one kill. Hardcore is just supposed to be what real life theoretically should be. <laughs> yeah, and there, there's no HUD mini map or anything, so you can't see other enemy players. You just yeah running around with with essentially more realistic damage like you get shot and you're, you're yeah dead, essentially so yeah that that is the game mode if you want to run around with a pistol which i frequently if it's not troll it's probably not that fun so you got to run around with the pistol i mean pistol's good it has pretty low recoil you can fire as fast as you can pull the trigger so it's i don't think in hardcore it's that bad and it's a pretty quick reload too and i think yeah. they, they allow your movement speed to be faster with the pistol i'm pretty sure when you're running with it so lots of perks lots of perks you know get good with the pistol and hardcore (laughs) (laughs) um so then get get into i guess uh critical acclaim so through metacritic across the different versions anywhere from like a 74 to 83 um some people criticized the length of the game seeing as it was kind of short and i think some of that is offset by the the multiple endings and different things in there so Maybe they're trying to encourage you to replay and not have an extraordinarily long story, or maybe more development time was spent on the multiple endings, so they couldn't make it as long as they normally would. Um, but uh, another criticism as well was they had these things called Strike Force missions, um, which I, I thought was kind of cool. It's essentially like you're kind of almost bird's eye view um, looking at the map and kind of directing troops and um, different things, and based on the outcomes of those those have a heavily they they heavily influence 
kind of which ending you get as well. And since it wasn't like traditional Call of Duty gameplay, it was kind of clunky. It's the first time they used it. That was another big criticism. Um, it was kind of pointless. But at the time of release, it was the largest entertainment launch of all time, selling over $500 million in the first 24 hours. That's insane. Only to be surpassed just but a year later by Grand Theft Auto V, which had $800 million in the first 24 hours so if only we talked about that game that's a good one to talk about yeah <laughs> maybe maybe in the future yeah we'll, we'll get a chance but yeah that, that's essentially black ops 2 it was kind of disjointed there i that I, I wrote so many notes that i was kind of like fumbling through my notes is is kind of what happened but it, it was a fantastic game it was one of the first real first person shooters that i spent a lot of time with when it was my freshman year of college living in the dorms my roommate had it and so anytime in between class is essentially just sitting down playing and play with a lot of the friends on the floor, stuff like that. So I, I definitely spent a lot of time with the game, enjoyed it a lot. Um, and I think it was a pretty good entry, but yeah, overall pretty great. But moving on to Firewatch. So Firewatch classified as an adventure game. Um, I don't disagree with that. I, I don't know what else I would classify it as. Um, it was developed by Camposanto and released in February of 2016, um, originally for Windows and PS4, um, but eventually later, about six months later, got an Xbox release, um, and then was released for Switch a couple of years after that. Um, you play as, um, I, crap, I should probably know the name of the freaking main character. You play as the main character. Yeah. <laughs> so so you... A dude. <laughs> you, as the protagonist, um, your wife starts to develop early onset dementia. And so to kind of help deal with that and clear your mind, you go work for this fire lookout um, in rural Wyoming um, and for the summer. And while you're there, that you speak on the radio with someone in another lookout tower named Delilah. Another fire watch. Another fire watch, yeah. And the idea... Basically, the entire game, I think, is kind of centered on the relationship between you and Delilah. But there's also a lot of mystery and intrigue that goes on in the game as well. There's like a government research lab and people listening to your conversations and you get knocked unconscious. There's someone following you around. There's death, murder, mystery and intrigue, intrigue. Um, and so, so it, it all kind of builds up. And I, I don't want to spoil anything. But I, I do have to say that well, one of the main criticisms, and I 100% agree with this criticism, is I, I felt the game did a great job of kind of crescendoing towards the end. Um, the, the more mysteries that, that happen, things kind of escalate very well. And the ending, I think, falls a little flat. It's a little disappointing. Like, it, 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 it makes sense. It's plausible. But it's just not what I was expecting. Didn't, didn't quite live up to the hype of what was going on i mean anything's plausible but you want something especially in a game like that that's so story driven something to seem more realistic than what they delivered with the ending yeah and and just a little bit more exciting um so so story-wise i think 90 percent of the game for me i absolutely enjoyed i love the dynamic between you and delilah as you're talking over the walkie-talkies you um, can either choose to not say anything, you cannot reply, and then you also have some dialogue options and kind of based on your replies and what you say, it affects the dynamic between you and her and, and the conversations will change over time. 
um, based on that interaction. And the the voice actress for Delilah, um, Sissy Jones, um, she actually won um, a British Academy Games Award um, Best Performer Award. Oh, really? Um, Yeah, which is super cool, especially when you consider the fact that the other people nominated for that award were Emily Rose, Nolan North, and Troy Baker for their performances in Uncharted 4. Hmm. That's a good game, too. Yeah. <laughs> and and those being the characters of Nathan Drake, um, his brother, Sam Drake, and um, wife. There I go. Forgetting names again. Mrs. Drake. <laughs> Mrs. Drake. Of course. Um, man, I feel bad for forgetting her name. But yeah, that... That, that, that's pretty impressive that, that she goes above and I, I agree with that. I think Delilah and Sissy Jones deserve that award um, it definitely was for me the most intriguing part of the game It the story falling flat whether or not you agree that it did a good job with the intrigue and escalating I think Delilah absolutely was the highlight of the game and your relationship with Delilah um, I, I don't know if, if you agree with that I know, I know you played the game and you didn't resonate with it super well but yeah I don't remember we've kind of talked about how far i got and i actually think i made it i thought the more we talked the more i was surprised with how far into the story that i made i like the voice acting and like the interaction but i mean as normally when we talk it's just the game the game to me was i was pretty compelled at the beginning and pretty excited to see where it was going and then it just it didn't it didn't keep me hooked enough i'm not entirely sure why but it it just felt like, I was just like, I don't know, I was just like running around the forest trying to do, I don't know what. And like, there's a clear main plot going on and there's a bunch of side stuff going on. Side stuff just wasn't intriguing enough, I think, to fill the time that was going on in the story. So I thought I didn't like the, I didn't like the tempo of the game. Bored me. I did not finish it. I will not lie. I was pretty hyped for the game. Like this game coming out, I think both of us took, we both waited a while from after it came out, I'm pretty sure, to play it. But upon release, it was definitely, you know holy cow crazy 10 out of 10 indie game this thing's phenomenal like i I remember people being super stoked about it on release i'd be in um some of my classes at university i'd be like seeing people like reading the story or like have firewatch as their screensaver and stuff i mean it was like there was definitely a lot of hype generated around and i was pretty excited to play the game so i don't know if that's what if it was just all the news articles that got you interested in it or like what what made you that that's typically for me especially with indie games um i'm not one to always just jump out and play them um yeah i think are you giving me a look for hollow knight i would never give you a look for hollow knight it's just the greatest indie game ever released (laughs) um but i so in doing my research for this game i wrote down some of the main awards that it received which were a lot second best hollow knight game (laughs) So it, it came out in 2016, so all these awards were for 2016 year. So the Golden Joysticks and PlayStation blog awarded it the best indie game of the year. Um, PC Gamer gave it its best writing of 2016, and Polygon gave it game of the year. I mean, that's, that's, high, that's high, high praise. Yeah, in, in addition to Sissy Jones winning the best performer award at the essentially the BAFTAs for video games with yeah BAFTAs being British awards uh, film and television but the color palette I like the map and the color power palette were both really enjoyable in the game it's definitely um 
kind of hard to find i think a game that it definitely has its very like unique art style to it and definitely i don't know yeah there's just the colors are like i i play a lot of very dark games i suppose so i'm just used <laughs> to like the gears of war criticism like you could probably throw that to most games that i play where it's like sure. what gears of war one was like gray and red and then everyone is freaking out because they added the color orange in gears of war 2 and that was like a big joke <laughs> around like wow they've changed the game entirely they've added a third color so yeah this this game definitely is, is very colorful and very pretty palette to be looking at while you're playing through the story so i definitely i don't think it was a bad game it just didn't click with me i don't want to <laughs> yeah don't want to disagree with the baptist <laughs> <laughs> no i mean that's fair i mean I'll, I'll, the entire i think entertainment industry is oftentimes built on opinion and there's always going to be something like it outside of God of War. Factually, the best game of all time. Which nobody agrees. Or <laughs> oh my gosh. We're Good thing I'm editing those. this. <laughs> um, yeah, no, I, I think that's absolutely fair. And I, I totally understand like the, the pacing arguments and everything. For, for me, I happen to like it. And I think maybe for me, the, the pacing was what I needed at the time I played it that might play um a lot in your perception of the game is just kind of the mood you're in I think I think it kind of fits a certain mood and aesthetic um but it's a very somber game I feel like yeah and definitely I was not feeling the somber attitude while I was playing it but there's other games that are like I would put in kind of a similar indie category like inside that I've been really wanting to play mm-hmm. and I've heard lots mm-hmm. of good things about that game I know yeah, that, that seemed like there were like two or three years where there was just like the slew of indie games that were all like every time on release, people were freaking out. Like, this is the next greatest game of all time, every <laughs> single time. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. It's It has a, certainly hasn't dissuaded me from indie games overall, but yeah. I'm, I'm dumping on this game. It's a fine game. I, <laughs> yeah, no, you're not dumping. It, it just it didn't fit. And I, I, I agree with you in the aesthetic as well. Like, I, I, I loved the aesthetic and thought the colors were perfect it, it had kind of a day and night cycle um it's it's definitely they, they weren't going for photorealism so the, the art style is kind of a gosh it's it's almost like a mix of minecraft and borderlands with a lot more colors like the borderlands kind of that 2d sketch look to it and a little bit of the blockiness of minecraft but definitely more polygons than minecraft would have and is, is probably the best way you, you look up some screenshots it's hard stuff, to describe but yeah it, but but it does it does look really good and they definitely went with um strong colors like every scene and biome that you're in in the game has a very distinct color palette that they were going for and they they ram it hard yeah um but but it works but yeah other other fun fact kind of going back to sissy jones for a second i was looking at some of the other work she did um she's actually the voice of the sorceress um, and Spyro Year of the Dragon, um, which is a game that I recently played, the Reignited Trilogy, so essentially the, the remastering of the game, 100% completed, and we'll be speaking about next week. That's the fun fact right there, is that we're talking <laughs> about it soon. Um, so get excited for that if you like Spyro. But but yeah, overall, the critically, it got around 76 to 85 on Metacritic, which is interesting given all of the awards that it won. Um, but I guess a lot of the awards were also kind of driven towards indie games, so maybe some of the criticisms were just given like lack of development budget and having a, a large studio and experience um, 
do that kind of stuff. But yeah, absolutely great. Um, definitely worth a check. Check, check it. Check. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so now now the decision time. And so everyone who's listening, think about what you think I will choose. You're wrong. <laughs> Unless you're not, you might have chosen right. Firewatch is my winner. I was wrong. <laughs> Especially how that conversation ended up kind of turning into a lot more consecutive, focusing a lot more on the criticisms on that Firewatch conversation where Black Ops 2 was like, it was a good game. Here's another feature in it. Here's another feature in it. This is why it was strong. So, yeah, I'm I'm shooketh. Yeah, so so I guess some of the reasons I, I chose Firewatch, it, like I said, for me, like just it, it felt a little bit more human and emotional like it, it and that's what it was going for the, like the relationship between it's something i'm learning about me in games is i resonate a lot with the relationships of the characters which is why for me games like horizon zero dawn the last of us um god of war all have very strong relationships between um main characters of the games and, and i it when, when it's done well it they're, they're games that i resonate with um that's right uncharted 4 my friend uh, Uncharted Four is also phenomenal. Up there. It's but not that one heart wrenched. My goodness, <laughs> it, it 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 truly is. Um, shout out Uncharted Four, um, but yeah. So so that's I I think for me it just it, it felt more. Per- Call of Duty, great. They definitely took the series in a cool direction. Um, was a little bit different. I spent a lot of time with it, but it just it it didn't resonate with me on an emotional level like Firewatch did. And that for me as a reviewer are the things that I care about. It's, it's what I'm looking for when I'm looking for a game. Um, and I, I think that's how you and I differ a, a, a lot of ways um, in, in how we view games is I'm looking strongly for emotional story experiences and the gameplay is kind of a second thought to me. And I, th- I think that's kind of reverse for you, which, which is, it, it doesn't mean that you don't care about story or I don't care about gameplay, but, but the things we look for most and that we resonate with most I think are are kind of opposites which I think works pretty well but I don't know if you agree with that I mean I definitely like gameplay and definitely the more we've been talking and going through this podcast the more I definitely I'll play a story and be like man that was a great story and then I have no recollection of you ask me like I I, I play through and beat you know XYZ game and you ask me two days later like what was the story about and I'll be like "Uh, what there's a a story (laughs) I thought that was a platformer so yeah, no, I definitely, I, I think I'm definitely maybe a little more gameplay driven than you are, but I'd still respond to human and emotion. I am a human, respond to those emotional oh, yeah. elements. No, it's, I, I'm not saying that I don't care about gameplay, you don't care about story, but, but the things that I think we prioritize in some of our favorite games are gameplay versus story. Yeah. If they pull a brother relationship card, easy slap for me, guaranteed 10 out of 10 <laughs> game of the year. Uh, Horizon Zero Dawn was definitely like the moral implications about the future of the world and the current trajectory that we're heading in. Where like the relationships were pretty secondary, I feel like to me in that game. Honestly, the a lot of the dialogue in that game is kind of excessive. I'm not gonna lie. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so yeah, I, I agree. I don't, I don't, I don't focus on relationships. I think as much. But the ones, I don't, if, if it does resonate with me, it ends up, I think, being pretty emotional for me. Violently crying by myself while playing. <laughs> uncharted for oh god yeah and that's i I guess for those of you listening and if you've been with us from the beginning (laughs) 
we're obviously kind of going through this in a disjointed way, but but some of what we're doing is trying to better understand one what we value in games, um, kind of relive some of the games we played through, and kind of hone in what we care about in our reviewing skills and understanding game mechanics and learning more about games. So this is kind of an experience we're going on with you um, as the audience towards what goal. We're not entirely sure. We we enjoy video games. We enjoy discussing them. So just it's a lengthy introduction of our gaming history. This is our this is our street cred that we're building up, and yeah. hopefully we're building them up well because otherwise this is bad credibility. To start <laughs> okay, so my my games are Modern Warfare Two and God of War two thousand five PS two release. Both great games. Uh, both reviewed at I played. Xbox 360 for Modern Warfare 2 and PlayStation 2. I already said that. Cut, cut, cut. (laughs) Snip. (laughs) Both games received a 94 out of 100 on Metacritic. So honestly, I'm going to be the deciding factor on which one's better. (laughs) That is for sure. Mo Video Games exclusive. That's true. So I'll I'll talk about Modern Warfare 2 first. Um, Developed by Infinity War... It's a first-person shooter, just like every single Call of Duty. I don't, I don't know how to be Call of Duty without being an FPS. Released in two thousand nine. Um, fun fact about the sales in the first about four months. It got released in November, and in March, um, there was like a statement release saying that it had over ten million units sold in the United States alone, which, as we recalled from our conversation about the GameCube, literally outsells in the first approximately four months every single gamecube game ever so um total sales on the gamecube were like just barely above 200 million so pretty pretty crazy how different the series are don't know i keep sending down the notebook because i need to see it for the story (laughs) um so i'll talk about the story first in brief um the, the the short of it is Russian ultranationalists have taken control of the Russian Federation and it's straining U.S. relations. So there's a promising young army ranger who gets noticed by General Shepard and General Shepard's like, man, you seem great. Strong, independent man, (laughs) capable of doing a lot. So he gets recruited for this super elite task force um, and one of his first missions that he's sent on, he sends an undercover mission with the second-hand man of the Russian ultranationalists, which is Vladimir Makarov. And so in this scene, which we'll talk maybe a little bit more about later, but you, it, the scene opens up with you're in this airport and with a bunch of Russians and you just literally unload on civilians killing. I, I mean, it, in the clip, it looked like 50, 60 civilians, but it's pretty much just a rampage where you're just killing civilians. So, at the end of the mission, you're going through as this undercover guy, and it turns out that Makarov knows the entire time that you're an undercover agent. So, he ends up killing you, um, and because of that, it ends up sparking this entire war between the United States and Russia. And that essentially is the setup for the entire plot of the game, where now they're trying to like hunt down Makarov and, you know get redemption for Alan, the young promising recruit who got killed and kind of try to resolve this war. So let's talk about this game. <laughs> the, I, this is, I think the first call of duty that I played and obviously played a lot of the multiplayer at first. Everyone will talk about call of duty multiplayer. Um, really enjoyed the multiplayer aspect. Just played it with friends. Like it's a classic, I feel like high schooler thing to do to just want to play a call of duty game and just, you know, chill out 
shoot some people. When I say it out loud, I realize how ridiculously violent the game is. But hey, you know what? That's that's what happens. So it's, it's only shooting your friends. That's true. Well, it's you're on a team with your friends shooting other random strangers on the internet. I guess we play Call of Duty differently. <laughs> so the multiplayer system, I mean, has been spoken for enough. It's a clean combat system. There's really not too many issues in it. Essentially, the only issues that you're going to run into are like network connection issues because occasionally they'll have like they'll have essentially one person in the lobby kind of hosting the match. So if that person's on like the other side of the coast, then you'll notice some like ping and latency issues, which will mess up matchmaking. But matchmaking, I feel like, has been spoken for enough. I ended up playing this game's story, not really thinking much of it. This is definitely like every time a Call of Duty game's released. 10 out of 10 on every single platform and everyone loves it and it's just like okay you know activision or treyarch slipped another hundred dollar bill to the reviewers being <laughs> like hey give it a 10 out of 10 is always kind of how it felt and then playing through this story the amount of like i mean it's just it like that scene that we talked about they literally start off the game with giving you like a disclaimer of essentially you know there's really disturbing content in the story and you can choose whether or not you want to skip it like it is an intense gripping story that ends up having there's like a lot of plot twists you know a lot of sabotage i suppose towards the end that like it is i think a pretty fast story to play in general and then you were like wow this game you know flying through and then the end's like what if we push the gas pedal even farther down through the floor <laughs> um so ending that story i was like wow okay i kind of understand a little more why call of duty is getting their credibility from all these reviewers like black ops 2 and black ops 1 all of them were, you know, I ended up playing all three of those stories and really liked all of them. They, you know, did, obviously they have a ton of money, so you would kind of hope that would be the case, but I was surprised. Like, they are legitimately fun stories to play and interesting going through. So it was really nice reading through the story again and being like, man, this is, this is actually pretty crazy. You know, like it's, it's, they did a good job with it. So the story definitely something to be pointed out. Another game mode that I really liked in it if you didn't want to do the multiplayer the story is in this and Modern Warfare 3 they essentially had side missions where like random objective either you know wave defense so survive x amount of juggernauts which are essentially super powered enemies or you know you got to like run through this bunker to defuse this bomb so there's a bunch of side missions like that that depending on how fast or like um, how little people or how many people you kill going through it, you'll get a certain amount of stars. So it was, it was also a very fun break from multiplayer if you just wanted to do a little co-op, like, oh, we're just going to run through, do these missions, try to three-star them. I tried three-starring th them all with, you know, one of my buddies in high school, which I think we got done. I hope. We were very close. We had, like, two missions that we were super struggling on. One of them was, like, on an oil bunker in the middle of the ocean or something like that. It was terribly hard, so... Or we're just really bad. <laughs> Let us know in the comments below. <laughs> yeah, oil bunker, easiest level. <laughs> so I, I, like the multiplayer, I think in that game is worth a $60 investment in the first place. I think that's, you can spend enough time playing that. So it's really nice that they also have a really fun, interesting story to go through as well, along with all those side missions. Like it's, it's a lot of content that you get um, for the game which I, I really enjoyed. So that, for one of the first first-person shooters I played that I definitely spent a lot of time on. I also played, like, I was playing Gears of War at this time, pretty sure, around this time. It's definitely the same generation of console because I played both of them on the Xbox 360. Um, so that's a fact. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that those were, like, the kind of first couple first-person shooters that I played through. So definitely just lots of, lots of good nostalgic memories. I think this is... All of this 
statements would be resonated with like i think a lot of people around our age it's call of duty is pretty ubiquitous it's pretty 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 popular franchise so yeah i don't you have any comments questions concerns so when i showed you my notes earlier the only note i had was for call of duty modern warfare 2 and what i wrote was skip airport um because I, i i thought that was pretty crazy um we we talked in our gta 5 discussion about um how controversial the torture scene was um and for me going through and doing especially in today's climate with um all the the gun control talks and the mass shootings and school shootings that are going on going through and actually you yourself murdering a bunch of innocent civilians is incredibly crazy that that was released in a game um I mean, at least there was the forethought to be able to skip that yeah. section of the game, and and I, it, it, in some ways, it, it almost needs to be in there. Um, well, I mean, it doesn't. You could have picked a different story, but I, it does a fantastic job of just elevating, like the the controversy and the conflict within the game, and making you want to resolve that. So it, it makes the story, I think, a lot more compelling as a result of it. But it was crazy and i i know you i I also read the same thing about in norway um a series of domestic terrorist attacks um, yeah with the manifesto that said used modern warfare 2 to practice yeah they they, there was like a car bombing that killed i think seven people injuring a like it was like a couple hundred or something like that it was insane and then um later got into some area and shot 69 people so 77 people died in total and i think it was like three to four hundred people were injured um yeah and so he he said modern warfare 2 was his training and he used world of warcraft as a cover to explain i think why he was like playing games all the time or something it's kind of what the article almost made it sound like was that he was like they they said he was using world of warcraft as like a cover which that's the only thing i could think of why would you use it as like why can't you just say that you're playing modern warfare 2 right so i don't i don't know entirely but insane definitely fuels all the controversy around letting young kids play violent video games which i think is a bunch of hoopla but well it's a bunch of hoopla i feel pretty good <laughs> i feel i feel confident about that in myself yeah we, I, we we both definitely agree on that um i mean you can look up the facts for yourself on what research there is out there um but it, it nonetheless he heavily fueled that discussion for sure with that yeah so it's definitely yeah very controversial scene in the game it like you're saying though it definitely fuels it because i you know playing through it you're killing all these civilians and you're like wow this is like horrific like why am i doing this and it's like oh well like you know uh, maybe this will like serve a greater good you know we're trying to get in and kill this terrible person yada 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 and then at the very end when it's like you've just done this horrible thing and then you realize that you know you've been trapped or like tricked the whole time and then you get killed and you're like wow like i killed all these people and nothing is gonna come from it either you know it's, it's yeah, literally just like it starts the war yeah just a mindless onslaught of pixelated civilians <laughs> so yeah pretty pretty crazy story overall um very fun game i don't think i really have much more to say than that since we talked about lops 2 i feel like we talked about multiplayer sufficiently <laughs> moving on god of war next game developed by sce santa monica studios it is a action adventure um hack and slash i'd say is more appropriate 
but it does have action it does have adventure so i suppose i won't <laughs> redact that um released in 2005 march um story being i got the ums too cut <laughs> <laughs> i know i mean again if i decide to keep this in like we i think this week we have a lot to say about these games and so our thoughts are not we're not we're not cleared yet we're just so excited too excited baby good uh, <laughs> so the story the story is all about kratos who used to be a successful bloodthirsty captain of the spartan army and as he was losing this battle against the barbarian king he was on the verge of death he's like Ares, please come save me i'll serve you for my life you know just let me win this war and let me keep my soldiers alive and let me keep myself alive Ares agreed and bound the blades of chaos to kratos which is essentially the weapon you're using through a majority of the game so kratos is then now serving under Ares, um doing what Ares, the god of war wants which is war and killing people so kratos is raging on this war and without kratos's knowledge Ares puts his wife and daughter in the town that he's raging through and essentially kratos is in like this bloodthirsty frenzied spell-like state from Ares, and ends up killing his daughter and wife and as a consequence he is you know just haunted by this and has like nightmares and all these you know terrible visions and stuff of him killing his wife and it makes him really upset and sad as most people would be when their wife and daughter die <laughs> and so then he um you know takes back his oath of service to Ares and essentially says that he's going to spend the rest of his life seeking revenge and trying to serve other gods to help him remove all these terrible visions that he has in his head so that it's setting the foundation of the story where he's just running through trying to kill Ares. um story ends up i'll spoil it he kills Ares, <laughs> and um ends up trying to kill himself at the very end of the game and is saved by athena who then um makes him the god of war and so that's kind of the setup for the rest of the series and that's how he became the god of war is through the story arc in this game very brief description of that story very cool being like a greek mythology game i really enjoyed that a lot i just enjoy when games as i've said before they take you know i guess it's mythology so it's not real but <laughs> but like things that we see in the you know normal world and incorporate them in so it, it's fun like learning about the different gods and you know what they're how they're portrayed i guess because a lot of them have you know like Ares isn't gonna be a happy dude he's a god of war he's gonna be upset so yeah. it's 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 cool seeing um the gods learn a little bit about greek mythology the game is definitely very fast paced very violent incredibly violent most of the comments were about how violent it is but that's like what it gets praised for is their combat system i think is really fun and fast paced and they do a good job of making the combat pretty simple to get into like there's not a you don't really have to do a whole lot to be effective in the game but they also have street fighter like combos that allow you if you want to to try to style on the enemy enemy ai if if you could even call them that so um yeah the combat was definitely very fun there was some platforming and puzzle elements in it that you know change up the story enough keep things interesting as you're running through uh uh uh. <laughs> the game was praised as a mark of the time one one reviewer was shocked that it's capable of being able to run at 480p on a widescreen tv which if you watched a video on youtube at 480p now you would cry 
violent tears of sadness. Do you have something to say about that? I have nothing to say about that. <laughs> I'm surprised you have nothing to say about that. You've said it all. So, yeah, the the game was just, it was definitely interesting story, like, overall, looking back at it now, I mean, it definitely looks like a 2005 game. There's there's no way to avoid that it's looking like a 2005 game. But, yeah, I, I remember playing it, and it was very, it felt, it felt like the combat was, like, very free, and I could do kind of whatever I want, and it was all these, like, badass, grandiose, epic actions, so it felt, you felt... I mean, you felt like the God of War while you're playing the game. It felt super cool. You're like, man, I'm a, I'm a badass. <laughs> this is awesome. So the the combat was definitely very fun to go through and definitely, I mean, a huge part. It, even reading the reviews, it's also praised for the graphical fidelity of it. But yeah, the combat definitely. Whew. It is the God of War. I'm saying the combat a lot. The combat. Combat, combat. Yeah, I, I did not play this original one. Um, but learning about the story and watching gameplay, the story is awesome. Like yeah the, just just knowing kratos's origin um and kind of how it played out um is pretty incredible and and just watching the gameplay it's incredibly smooth um e- even being called a, a hack and slash i think is probably doing a bit of a disservice to god of war because there, there's almost a little bit more deliberate um thought to some some of the smaller platforming elements and uh i guess yeah just general gameplay but yeah it, it looks incredible i am kind of excited and thinking i'm gonna go back um and try and play it yeah um and and see how it goes but it is intriguing i i've i started god of war 3 they they had a remaster of god of war 3 that i kind of started to play through and god of the first god of war looks more intriguing to me yeah that's surprising god of war 3 yeah i did it i only played god of war 1 and 2 and I didn't think that I picked God of War one because I didn't think that God of War two really added enough for me to warrant not choosing the original. Like it, it, you got to have enough of a change up between the first to the second for it to be a better game because that's just that's just how it goes. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I didn't end up playing God of War three. I don't remember if it how how it was received. But yeah, no, I agree. God of War one, I think is it's it's. I am I am excited to play through it again. Like I definitely want to play through it again, reading through the story and looking at some of the gameplay. It, it does look pretty good. It looks incredibly good for a 2005 game. That is for sure. Very yeah, 480 or P, 480 internet provider. So yeah, that's. I don't remember exactly how I got into God of War. Uh, I had the PlayStation Two and think I just knew it as one of like a big PlayStation title. So it's kind of just, you know, you know, titles that match up to that generation. You're like, oh, well, I can only play it while I have the PS2, so I might as well play it, you know, on like Minecraft where it doesn't matter what you own. <laughs> you play it on anything, including your microwave, since I made that joke last time. Got him. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, between the two games, I haven't actually decided which one I was going to pick. I forgot which one I picked when I was talking about it originally. I feel like I picked Modern Warfare 2. I, I never decide until I'm the done moment? talking about really? it. The yeah, moment? Really? I wait until the moment and just see what the heat of passion arises within me. I want to throw Call of Duty, playing, like I said before, playing Modern Warfare 2 just surprised me so much that Modern Warfare, like a Call of Duty game, actually had a good story. I mean, I was really surprised, and that that literally made me play through. I went back late, and I had already played 
multiple future Call of Duties and ended up for some reason playing that story. And because of that story, I ended up going back then and then playing all the Call of Duties that I played, you know, went going through their stories. So yeah. I definitely a testament to, you know, how good the game was. But first person shooters, they've been done before. Being the God of War, that hadn't been done before. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I'm I think I'm gonna give it to God of War. It's this is this one's pretty hard. I'm not gonna lie. The ninety four out of one hundred for both I think is very fitting. The ninety four out of one hundred for Call of Duty, by the way, it was only for the console editions. I think the PC edition got a little bit lower marks, but yeah. The God of God of War was it was a very fun game to play through. And definitely like a for me at at that time an incredibly novel, you know one person experience like i'm not playing multiplayer which multiplayer i think kind of is innately maybe a little more fun sometimes than especially for me as a gameplay guy (laughs) (laughs) really like multiplayer so yeah i think i'm giving it to god of war rip and peace call of duty double knockout. double knockout yeah that's savage it's not it's 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 sobbing itself to sleep tonight let me put it that way but that's my, I, I, yeah, still high marks. I wasn't expecting this one was actually a little better, a little better duel than the previous ones. I know you say you wait, man. I, I pretty much know reading the titles, which I'm not give it to before. Like I just, yeah, I, I guess that's fair. It depends on the matchup, but, but when it's a close one like this, it, I, I was initially expecting to give it to Black Ops Two, and upon further reflection and researching of the game, um, and kind of refreshing everything about it. It just reminded me how much of an impact Firewatch had on me. So yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. After reading them, I mean, they're they're exciting enough games that I'm excited to revisit both of my games and Black Ops Two. I still don't know if I I've read the Wikipedia synopsis of Firewatch, so I pretty much know <laughs> everything there is to say about it. But yeah, which is it's yeah, it's interesting that. As someone who yeah isn't super story driven, that I'm I'm pumped to revisit. Thank you so much for listening to today's podcast. If you'd like to hear more, you can check us out at movideogames.podbean.com, or you can check us out on social media, Instagram or Facebook at movideogames. That's at m o video games. We'd love to hear from you. Hear what you liked. Hear what you didn't like. And if you have any suggestions, feel free to leave a comment below. We'll see you next time. Juicy.